welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, there we go. Hello, welcome to episode 449 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Edward Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? Uh, how are we doing? We're surviving. We're okay. Um, yeah, surviving. Had a, a secondary virus last week, I think. So ended up having a PCR test, which okay. came back um, completely negative. So no issues. But there seems to be a lot of viruses kicking around. I'm seeing a lot of people are like, Ugh! and have I got COVID? No, I'm you know, that kind of. Yeah, that time of year, isn't it? Uh, that time of year, we're um, yeah. it's that time of year for all sorts. We've done our New Year's kind of resolution stuff, and we're talking about careers today. And if people are thinking potentially of a career in your line of work or counselling, that kind of thing, so we'll come on to yeah. that uh, in a minute. The ins and outs, and uh, yeah, quite interested to speak to you about it actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm okay as well. I've I I did a COVID test at the weekend because I went to see Liverpool play. Um, my, my brother-in-law has access to, to, to a season ticket or two of them and uh, he couldn't make it so I uh, took took Will out to, uh, to Anfield to sit with 50,000 other people <laughs> and have a good sing-song so yeah and everybody was wearing a mask weren't they well of course yeah of course no I mean you're yeah outdoors and all that and uh, yeah I don't know so apologies if you can hear anything in the background my little uh, puppy Cooper is just going nuts with a with a pair of shoes. I thought it was learning to tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was good fun. That was cool, man. A good little day out. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a funny time of year, isn't it? Uh, just chatting to my wife. She was on a lunch break before. And uh, yeah, the post, post-Christmas post blues for, for people is, is maybe setting in a little bit. And uh, I don't know. For, for us, it's more a case of acknowledging that it's that's real and that just to kind of rather than fighting it, just kind of go with our instincts and just curl up into bed at the earliest opportunity every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was the thing, wasn't it? In, in the olden days, before people had electricity yep. and candles, well, they used to say, um, man goes to bed early to save candles and has more babies. You know, that, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. But, I mean, we would have gone to bed when it got dark. And got yeah. up when it got light. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going with. Hopefully, no more babies, but uh, yeah, certainly <laughs> enjoying the getting the lights off, man, and get, getting my head down. Loving that. Yeah. So, how um, many hours a, a night are you sleeping? Um, I'm probably up to about seven and a half, eight hours, uh, which is about what I need. Pretty good. I could probably, I could probably an extra half an hour, an hour wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't go amiss, but I'm too, I'm doing quite a bit of reading at the moment and, uh, and yeah, just checking checking things out in the big wide world. So, are you reading anything exciting? Uh, I wouldn't say exciting, interesting stuff. I'm reading a book called "Living Living the One and a Half Degree Lifestyle," which is a climate change thing about living living within our means in terms of carbon footprint and all that. Um, quite a positive right. take on it by Lloyd Alter. His name is um, right. So it's got practical stuff on yeah how that if we actually take the steps that we need to and get our get our carbon footprint within budget then you know it won't actually be that bad life can actually be quite good yeah and and the um 
has it given you ideas about things that you can do in life to make things different? Uh, yeah, it does. I'm only halfway through it, really, so I haven't got any specific stuff. But um, come, I'll come come back to you in a couple of weeks, and we can have a talk about it, maybe. But yeah, yeah, it's. Yes. It, I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it is quite obvious stuff, really. Maybe it's just because I'm in that world already. But yeah, just mm. a lot of it is about living living close to the services that you need to to live. You know, so living in a place that is walkable and yeah, affordable, yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah. Uh, which is, you know, he's Canadian, I think. So North America is quite an interesting place in terms of sprawl and how the, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people live out in the suburbs where, you know, pre mm-hmm. where buses and trains weren't, were never there or are long gone. And, you know, cycling is just like not even an option really for your uh, hour long drive into, into town. <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway, it's going to be interesting. Um, should we crack on with this week's uh, episode yeah, yeah. And, and dish out some advice? Because yeah, I've been doing quite a bit of work for a client in my design world, in the in the world world of recruitment. Um, yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about uh, n- not personally, but kind of yeah, jobs and jobs and job advice and all that. So I thought, hey, we should do an episode on uh, people that may be thinking about getting into the the crazy world of counselling and therapy and and and, uh, and that kind of thing. So. Um, you are a qualified psychotherapist, are you not, Sean? I am indeed a qualified and accredited internationally. <laughs> yeah. So tell tell us your give us a whirlwind um, tour of your kind of how you got into that um, earlier on in your life. Then how how did you? Well, I'm, into I'm, that? I'm not normal, as we know. So if I give you a rough breakdown fairly quickly, it would be something like. Abused kid, left home at the age of 15, got involved in drugs and things I shouldn't have got involved in, ended up in an ashram in the middle of nowhere um, in a bit of a state and ended up staying there and they kind of sorted me out, really. It was a bit of kind of reparenting, sorting out. And then they spent two years making me into a half-decent human being and then spent five years training me as a therapist. So I reappear into Western education at the age of 29 without even having a GCSE. Um, but being a qualified therapist is not recognized. Um, so I then had to do Western training. It took me from um, 30 to 44 to do all my training. And I was doing that part-time whilst working because I had to fund myself. <clears throat> but also then I end up working as a therapist and still doing more training as a therapist. So it goes on and on and on. Um, one thing you learn when you get into all kind of therapy world, is this lifelong learning? You never stop, really. Yeah. Well, that's very much a message that we promote on Living the Present, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you find that therapy for you is is like a calling, something that you were kind of born to do, or or, or did you kind of stumble yeah. into it accidentally? To me, the only thing that makes sense in life is that we look after each other, and if and if we look after each other, in the end, everything is okay, and and life is all right. The thing that. Um, that did well when I bought my vows back from my teacher, which I had to do before uh, I left. Was that um, uh, the the deal was that I promised him in in buying my vows back for a penny that I would always work with people for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I, I'm fine with that. So I I will. Um, but for him, uh, it was a vocation, and for me, I, I guess it's a vocation as well. And, and that's kind of relevant to what we're talking about because I, I ended up 
going on lots of different therapy courses to learn about therapy and become a therapist, <clears throat> particularly from a Western model. And the, the thing that I found was, is that you can't actually go on a course to become a therapist. You can go on a course and get a qualification, um, but therapists are people that develop. You can't teach someone to be a therapist. They have to have life experience and they have to have the empathy button pressed down. Now, I, I've seen people who are highly qualified psychologically and therapeutically who I wouldn't let near my dog. That's unfair on the dog, I guess. I wouldn't let near anybody's dog. Um, but, but they're fully qualified and they're out there doing it. Whereas I've known people who have absolutely no qualifications at all, who are the most empathic, sensitive, lovely people, who are the most therapeutic people on the planet. Mm. So I think that we have to be careful in, in, around this, about the idea of let's train to be a therapist, because, mm -mm. yeah? Yeah. Like, Do you get what I mean, yeah? Yeah, I do. And you've got a little note in our show notes that we're reading here um, saying that we're all therapists, that just some of us have a piece of paper to say that we are like officially. Yeah. Um, so we all have experience, don't we, of yeah. dishing out advice to friends and family. Yeah. Or, well, no, it's not that that's a misnomer about therapy. Therapists hardly ever give people advice. What happens is the therapist enables the person to come to their own conclusions. And the advice they end up giving themselves is themselves. Very often, the people that want to give advice, it, it's like the thing about doing something to people with somebody. It, it's like the worst kind of therapist. I was working once, I was supervising a young woman who was becoming a social worker. So they have to have supervision. So, uh, so each, each month we get together to a supervision session. And the first question I asked her was, why do you want to become a social worker? And she said, you know what? I really want to be able to tell people what to do. And that's probably the worst reason on the planet to become anything like a social worker or a therapist or anything like that. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And lots of, lots of psychologists are like that. They're book learn, academic, cognitive people who want to teach people how to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, then what the problem that happens then is that you work with somebody and the definition of cure is when you think the same way that I do, therefore you must be cured, as opposed to you think the right way for you, and then you're cured. You must have, you know, you're in your uh, your little therapy room now. You must, you must have. Do you have to like bite your tongue not to dish out specific advice to people that, you, that come to see you, or do you find it quite easy? Just yeah, there, there there are times when you have to allow someone to get there themselves, and you want to be, you know, saying. You know, no, 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 but it's like that allow them to do it so that they understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. And the issue about advice and, and guidance and all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, if people are going to harm themselves, they're going to harm other people, you have to do something about it. I mean, there, in, in terms of professional boundaries, there are things where you have to break confidentiality. I mean, everything I do is confidential unless certain things happen. Mm -hmm. And, and then you have to break confidentiality. You, you can't not. Yeah. And that could be like a suicidal issue or like a murderous issue. Or legally, I'm supposed to break confidentiality. If someone is um, people trafficking, money laundering, uh, or like drug, drug trafficking, that kind of stuff, I'm supposed to do something about it. Wow. Yeah.
Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Noted then. So uh, yeah, when I, I'll take yeah. you off my list of people to talk to about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So keep your drug money to yourself, right? <laughs> so I mean, a lot of people will probably use the wrong term when they think they, they need help. Um, sorry, man. Flipping Cooper can hear him barking away there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's. I think you can get. You can actually get dog therapists, can't you? You can. Is he talking to somebody at the moment? I think he's talking to someone that's just brought their bin back. Yeah, how dare they? All right. But, yeah, he's got anger issues already. <laughs> no, he might uh, actually yeah. be saying, hiya, are you okay? I'm sure he is, yeah, I'm sure. But Could you explain the difference between a counsellor, a therapist, and a psychologist, and even a psychiatrist? Because I'm assuming a lot of people will just use the wrong phrase or the wrong description when um, they... You, you, you know my story about the cocktail party. I, I do, but I think, I think we should remind okay. people about it, yeah. Okay, so there's a cocktail party, right? And there's that of conversation going on, right? And the door opens, the most stunningly beautiful woman you could possibly think of walks into the room, right? Everybody goes quiet and all the men look at the woman, right? Except for two men. One man is the psychologist, and he's observing the other people, observing the woman, because he studies normal behaviour, right? The psychiatrist is looking at the psychologist, thinking, what are you doing? Because he studies abnormal behaviour. It's not normal, you know, yeah? Yeah. Right? The psychotherapist is the person that actively engages in things. So they, he goes forward introduces himself to the woman, invites her into the room and introduces her to everybody else, actively involved, right? And the counsellor sat in the corner eating lentil dip, talking to someone quietly in the corner, right? <laughs> so there are different kinds of roles. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor that's done an add-on and they can prescribe drugs. A psychologist is somebody who has done a British Psychological Society recognised training um, and very often they're clinical and they're working in mental health or in private practice or whatever. Sometimes they work in industry. You know, kind of. mm -hmm. um, a, a psychotherapist is someone who, uh, to me, is like a, a psychologist with knobs on because they're, uh, they're, they're more actively involved in the process, the emotional process. Very often psychology is cognitive and psychotherapy is more kind of emotional. Yeah, it's a different thing. And very often, psychology breaks down because it doesn't deal with the emotional issues. So that um, um, things like CBT, I'll see loads of people in this room who um, say to me, yeah, I had CBT for this two years ago. It worked really well. So I'm saying, so why are you sat here now? And the, very often, the issue is that uh, an issue is emotional, just like fizzy champagne in a bottle, the CBT, the cognitive therapy, is like a cork banging into the bottle to keep the emotion in. But eventually, the emotion comes up the fizzy and pops the cork back out. And so we're back in the same situation. Now, mm. cognitive therapy is great for cognitive issues. It doesn't really work for emotional issues. Although people will tell you that it does, practically, my experience is it doesn't. Yeah? Um, and counselling, uh, which is kind of, uh, belittled in lots of ways, but counselling is essentially a listening skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, 
and which kind of belies the word counseling a bit because counseling sounds like you're counseling somebody but what you're doing you're enabling somebody by feeding back to them what they're saying to hear themselves okay which exactly. is, yeah i mean well all of these roles over require a lot of skill don't they and understanding yeah yeah and a lot of training too um, you know, I mean, a, a psychiatrist can be training for like seven years, you know. Blimey. Um, yeah, well, I've, uh, there's a couple of, there's a few articles and, and things I'm going to link to where people can get some advice online and take things a bit further where they want to. But yeah, the, the, the Guardian one, which explains it quite snappily, saying, yeah, the, the five kind of options you've got, counselling, psychotherapy, CBT, um, uh, clinical or clinical or counseling psychology and psychiatry so i guess figuring out early early on which one of those routes you want to go down is, is quite important really because i don't know i mean you must know people that you've kind of coached over the years to that want to be a counselor and then but then you realize they might realize a bit further on that no hang on it's psychotherapy i want to get into or, or that kind of thing well i mean yeah once you put the therapy hat on it's going to change a bit um i meet lots of people in, in the course of what I do, who would make amazing therapists um, because they're already there. There are things you cannot learn on the course. You just, you know, you, you can't, if you've been through the loss of parents, you know, the, uh, the, the deformity of having um, some kind of disease or illness or something like that, and you've been through these processes, you understand them. And if you process them, you work through them, um, you can empathize with people in a way that other people can't mm. yeah um and uh, there are some people that with the best will in the world it doesn't matter how many courses they go on they will never have empathy yeah they have a lot of theoretical knowledge mm. and they can tell you what you ought to do but they don't have the empathic life experience to actually make it valid yeah yeah and that that's a hard one though. i mean i i worked with probably hundreds of doctors uh, over the years, uh, GPs included, who are medically very clever, academically brilliant, and emotionally bankrupt. It's like the, the, their bedside manner is useless. And trying to teach uh, GPs, particularly bedside manner, and teaching them to be able to listen to the patient rather than, and it's the thing about people that are empathic do things with people and people that aren't empathic do things to people. Mm -hmm. And if you're cognitively driven and you don't have emotional empathy, what happens is you go into a situation because you're the teacher, you're the expert, you know, and you tell other people what to do with their lives. Yeah. And that is never, ever right. Doesn't work. Yeah. 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 And as, to me, as soon as, as I've seen psychologists over the years who start off with a bit of humility and they learn and they go, and then they get to that magic point where they get the God gene fitted and they believe they know everything. And that's the point where they need to hang up their guns and go and do something else. Mm. You know, but they don't. They go off into the world to tell other people what to do. Oof, man yeah fascinating i mean an early maybe a question i should have asked earlier though is it is it worth it from your perspective or did you find you had no option but to go down this route is it worth it emotionally to go into to go into a role where therapy is you're going to be 
talking to people about really complex, tricky stuff all the time. I I don't go to work. I don't, I've never been to work. I mean, what, what, as soon as I decided that the most important thing for me was that thing about if we all look after each other, we will all be okay. And I started living that. Uh, and I've done it in different parts of the world. I've done it for the private sector, the public sector. I've done all kinds of things, but I've never been to work. Because what I do is I live my life. My life is based around the idea that if you look after each other, we're all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I attempt to do with my life. And it's what I encourage other people to do with their lives, especially if I'm working with training therapists. Um, so that for me, that idea about uh, is it hard work? Is it difficult? No, it's not. There's times when it's challenging. And every therapist has a therapist to go to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was coming on to this then. So yeah, you need you must have a have ways um, of yeah needing to to unload all the crazy yeah. things that are being said yeah. to you and tough tough decisions. I I have a lovely lady that I work with um, who is my supervisor. I'm her supervisor with peer <laughs> supervision, um, and we worked together since we were in psychiatry in 1988, um, and. Um, uh, we have a very good relationship. We look after each other. And if I'm having difficult therapeutic issues going on and things I'm struggling with, that's who I ring. I'm who she rings. And we support each other. And do you have, <laughs> do you have like monthly or quarterly chats? <clears throat> yeah, anyway? yeah. Every month we get together and, and have sessions together to, you know, check each other out. And, and, and even you... if things are really okay and we're not having any problems, we still get together and talk about life and things that are going on so it's an ongoing process yeah yeah okay is that something that is, you've just kind of discovered by accident or is it something no, that's no, part no, of your it's, training it's, it's a requirement of your request right. yeah the, you have to have monthly supervision yeah. How many um, letters? How many letters have you got after your your name at the moment? I remember I did some business cards for you years ago, and there was. It, it depends. It depends <laughs> on what, what you're looking at, really. I mean, I, I don't put them all on there in reality, but um, the the letters after my name, depending on which card I look at. So I'm. I've got. I, I do have a PhD, but I don't use it. So. Um, because that, that turns you into a doctor. And my experience is that when you become a doctor in what I'm doing, um, you start to separate yourself from the, the, the client, the patient, the whatever. Um, whereas if I dress down, don't wear a pinstripe suit and wear a jumper and a, and a T-shirt, uh, I'm shown. So we can now all be open and easy together. So I deliberately do that. But I, I so I've got a, a master's, I've got a bachelor's, uh, I've got a, a, a teaching certificate, like Cert Ed, because um, I'm a qualified teacher. Um, and then I've got a whole load of counselling qualifications, like diploma, um, uh, right the way down. I've got um, uh, di uh, diplomas in analytical therapy, in hypnoanalytical ther therapy, and all kinds of things like post-trauma and stuff like that. I've got a whole mass of stuff. So it is like lifelong learning. Um, but from a professional body's point of view, I'm an accredited member of the British Psychological, no, the British Association of Counseling and Psychotherapy, um, the United Kingdom Register of, of Counselors and Psychotherapists, the International Association of Hypnoanalysts. I mean, there's a whole load of professional things. 
So if I put all the letters after my name, it's just become a pain in the backside. <laughs> they go on yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, we used to do business networking together, but I've, you know, I've done a lot of networking over the years, meeting in my self-employed life as a designer, where I'd meet with a lot of people that would show up to the meetings um, saying they were life coaches or business coaches as well. Is that something that lead, needs a bit a bit less in terms of qualification and where you have to go with people's one, one of the problems, if you look at things like some hypnotherapy, some coaching, that kind of stuff, you can go and do a weekend course and get yourself a little diploma and come back and then start to study so, um, which, is, which is difficult. I mean, I, I describe myself in some situations as a coach. And the reason I do that is that if I'm in a business organization, for a chief exec or a director to go for staff counseling is too difficult. For them to go for a bit of professional coaching, that's fine. Ah, okay. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so sometimes I use a different name to sell the same product to a different person. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So well, I, I do do some management training, which is um, a lot of that is about communication skills and stuff like that. But the, um, uh, the issues basically are, uh, if we're looking at things therapeutically, either in the business or personally, um, high-level managers and execs don't go for counselling, but they go for coaching. That's different. Yeah. Okay. So it's just kind of rebadged a little bit. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people will sell themselves as a life coach um, and I'm not quite sure what the basis of what they're doing is necessarily. If someone is naturally empathic and is a natural um, therapeutic type person, whatever they call themselves, they're probably going to be quite good at it. Um, whereas there's going to be other people who maybe are not there for such uh, empathic reasons they're maybe not going to be so good at it. Mm. You know, it's like the issue of do you create dependence? You know, uh, sometimes if you're doing some things, some people might be need to be seen, you know, once a month, once a week for several years. Um, whereas other people are going to be in and out in kind of like three sessions, you know, thank you very much on the way. But the, the there are some forms of therapy and some therapists who will seek to create long-term dependence with people. So it goes on forever kind of thing. Um, yeah. And, and it, I mean, the, the longest I've ever seen anyone for was actually 15 years, um, which started off at once a week and then sort of gradually spread out over time. But we're talking about desperately serious issues, serious life issues um, that gradually were worked out. And then in the end, the person said to me, because I, I said to them, you, you, as we got towards the end of what we were doing, I said, you know when you're ready to go. And then there came the day when they said, yeah, okay, I think, I, I think I'm ready now. Wow. And it was like they left home, as it were. But effectively, they'd been reparented and rebuilt, and okay, we're now ready to leave home. Blimey. Shame you can't put it as a case study on your website because that would be a fascinating one to read about the process. And uh... Yeah, yeah. The, the, the trouble with all those kinds of things is, is that, um, sometimes you, you'll get uh, um, someone who's, who says, yeah, yeah, you can use my story. But most people are like, nah, you know, that, keep that private. Don't, don't oh, yeah, that. of course. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, fascinating. Fascinating. I'm going to link to a couple of things in the, uh, the show notes about there's one of the National Career Service on the government site, which kind of talks a bit more about 
well, it has job roles and it talks a bit more about the qualifications and even things like yeah, what what to, what to expect in terms of salary as well, which is quite which is quite cool. So, uh, and also, yeah, I found yeah, a link that, to that, the... that, that's a really interesting uh, issue that about salary because I know uh, very highly qualified therapists who effectively are working for minimum wage, right? I know other people that um, are working for different amounts of money. So I, I know somebody who a few years ago was charging £250 an hour. Um, and, and a lot of it depends on, on the market you're in, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's like, uh, am I doing this for the money or am I doing it to help people? So the way I see it, I, the way I run my system is I, I will charge a figure Right, but then I'll be flexible with it so that um, I can I can attend to the needs of the people that I'm with. Yeah. So, and what that effectively means is the people that can afford it can pay for the people that can't, mm-hmm. so if you've got a sliding scale. Um, yeah. And I've worked with people for nothing. I've worked with people for a lot of money. Yeah, but it kind of balances out in the middle somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the same when you're building the website, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm very open to offers, really, and uh, beyond to a certain point. Yeah, uh, and I'll do I'll do work for charities, maybe you know, and sometimes charge nothing at all, um, knowing that the next job along the line will will pay enough to cover to cover the time. So yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, not everyone will end up being self-employed. I assume as a therapist, there are a lot of you know job salary roles within organizations whether it be the health service or uh, or, or other organizations yeah yeah mm. uh, and I, I think that the whole kind of um whether we're looking at coaching counseling psychotherapy psychology it's the growth industry of the next kind of 50 years probably especially with things like covid and the long-term effects that's going to have the need for therapists is going to increase you yeah. know I think, uh, yeah, definitely. No massive talk around mental health and the, uh, the knock-on effects of, of what what we've all we're all going through and what we've been through uh, mm-hmm. are huge emotionally, aren't they? So um, mm-hmm. you would expect there to be funding available for uh, for a lot. But I mean, not that we're, not that we're doing it for the money and all that. But yeah, there must be people out there thinking, oh, I'd love to help you know help people in some way. Or I'm a good listener. I'd like to. Uh, think about a career in that, that kind of line. So hopefully this but, but is There's nothing wrong with charging money for therapy. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a balance uh, as to how reasonable you are. But even in the East, if you went to see the teacher, you'd be expected to take, like, a bowl of food. There'd be some kind of exchange of energy for what was going on. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and that's important. It's mm. like, uh, I, I taught guitar in the West Country... Um, back in probably 1970 something um, and I was teaching Arabs a lot of Libyans were coming over then when Libya was a free and vital country and they were coming over to learn English the going rate for uh, a guitar lesson was £4 an hour right back then and I found that these guys wouldn't practice at £4 an hour because they didn't value it if I charged them £16 an hour four times the rate then they would practice, right? But then I discovered that if I taught four of them at the same time, they would be competitive with each other. Hmm. So by charging four times the rate and teaching four people, 
I was getting a stupid amount of money for my hour of guitar lessons, but it wasn't that productive because they actually practiced. <laughs> they, and that was the point. They valued it. Right, okay. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's like if I say, yeah, I'm a counsellor, and if you give me a bag of peanuts, then you know, is, am I valued at a bag of peanuts? Whereas if I say, no, no, you've got to give me a bag of coconuts, you know, does that make it, make it a different value? Yeah. yeah? Mm. It's getting that balance right so that you can actually do the work. Mm. All right. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure people can get in touch with you if they've got any questions or any, uh, yeah. any advice. Hey? Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Um, my results for this week would be, if you're interested in becoming a counsellor or a therapist, most local colleges will do a 10-week course and that 10-week course is like a taster before you can do a certificate or a diploma. Okay. And going, to, going to do that 10 weeks tells you pretty quickly whether you're going to do it or not. And a lot of people would do it. I don't know what the dropout rate is, whether 50% go on and 50% don't. Um, but it's a good way of looking at it and checking it out. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. And I'll, I'll link to uh, that National Career Service website, which has got it's, – it's kind of a bit, a bit clean and shiny and a bit um, – sterile perhaps but it's got some good basics there about what you need to do and which boxes to tick uh yep. yeah, yeah so before you embark on things a little bit more seriously so yeah i'll link to that and uh yeah uh, and yeah that was interesting nice one sean okay and a happy new year yeah so you have a good week you, <laughs> you too you take it easy man yeah see ya see you everyone bye, bye.